Amen. That was awesome, wasn't it? Thank you guys. Appreciate that song uh, this morning. Let's get our Bibles open this morning to Romans chapter number 5. And Romans chapter number 5. Don't miss next week. Uh, my friend Dr. Ron Lynch will be with us all day next Sunday. I want to encourage you to be here for that. And then first Sunday in December, we're going to start a new book, the book of Luke. We'll begin going verse by verse um, through the book of Luke, probably for the next year, year and a half. And I hope that you'll be here as we go into this Christmas season and begin the book of Luke. We're looking forward to it. A lot going on. And we do, uh, do want to encourage you uh, just to be faithful. I did want to mention, I'm sure Pastor Colin or Coleman will uh, mention this at the end. There'll be no uh, midweek service um, this week. We want to encourage you to spend time with your families on this Thanksgiving week, and we'll see you next Sunday again. Romans chapter number 5, look at verse number 1. We begin to work through this a little bit at the end of the message last week on rejoicing, and we'll look at this text this morning. Look at it. You got your Bibles? Look at it. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into grace wherein we stand. And notice this next word. We started talking about this last week. And rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. Patience experience and experience hope. Hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. For when we were yet with our strength in due time, Christ died, and aren't y'all thankful for this, for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. Let us pray together this morning. Father, we love you, and Lord, we do thank you for your word. God, we thank you, Lord, that you are so good to us. God, we thank you for your grace. We thank, thank you for your love, Lord. We thank you that you love us this morning in spite of us. And God, I do pray as we teach and preach your word this morning. God, I pray that you would speak to us. I pray that you would help us. Lord, I pray that you would grow, grow us closer to you. Lord, I thank you for what you've already done in my heart this morning. Lord, the music, Lord, the kids singing, and Lord, just being with your people. Bless everything that's said and done. In your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. This morning, I wanna, we're going to just look through this about rejoicing a little bit. And I entitled the sermon, Level Up. And I don't know how many of y'all, I wasn't like a big time video game kid. I don't know, I know like today... Man, kids are just zombies towards video games, but we still had video games. Like, I remember, some of y'all remember Atari? Huh? How many of y'all old enough to remember Atari? Anybody remember that? And they had some games on there, man, that basically your people looked like little squares, and Donkey Kong didn't even look like Donkey Kong. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, it was, we had Atari. And then, man, we got up with the times. And I remember, man, in the mid-90s, probably early 90s, that Nintendo came out. And we played, man, Sarah, we, we actually have this still. I got this for Sarah a couple years ago for Christmas, a remake of it, the original Mario Brothers. Does everybody remember that game? Man, that was, nobody does. Okay, that was awesome. Like Mario Brothers, man, that was a fun game. And like if you didn't die and you, you ran up the steps, y'all remember it, and you jumped onto that flag and you went down and made all those noises, you would go up to the next level, right? Then after Nintendo, we ended up getting a Sega Genesis. Man, I thought I was awesome because I had a Sega Genesis. Does anybody, some of y'all don't remember that? Okay, we had this game called Sonic the Hedgehog. 
Y'all remember Sonic the Hedgehog? And then we had games like Street Fighter. I don't know if y'all remember that. That was some good stuff right there. Street Fighter, man, I love that one. And then, and, and, you know, we had all these games. I loved it. But the, the point of a game is to go to the next level. Man, it's to get to that next place, that next world, that next level. I remember NBA Jam. Does anybody remember that? That was an awesome game. We used to play that all the time. Same thing. The point of it was to go to the next level. Here in our text, I know it's a dumb illustration this morning, so forgive me, okay? In our text, what Paul is teaching, what he's teaching here in this letter is this. There's different levels of rejoicing according to your maturity in Christ. And we're going to see that here. We're going to see that you can tell a person's maturity in the Lord by how they handle different things. How when they go through things, how they respond to them. And P lays it out here. And the first level of rejoicing as a believer here, if you have your Bibles here, you're going to notice it in verse number two is this. It's the rejoicing in hope. Level one, listen, this is that baby step after salvation. You rejoice in hope. Look at verse number two, if you will. It says this, by whom also we have access by faith into the grace of God wherein we stand. You see it? Rejoice in hope of the glory of God. We can rejoice as believers this morning that the best is yet to come. Aren't you thankful for that this morning? Man, we have hope. In fact, we have a blessed hope. Through rejoicing in the positive. Listen, that, that's what verse number one is talking about. Look at verse one. Keep your Bibles open. Look at verse one. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. A peace that knows no matter what happens, I am safe and secure in the love of God. Aren't you thankful for that this morning? Man, that's that blessed hope that we have. On the very practical side, man, there are four ways the peace of God and that hope manifests itself in our hearts. The first thing we must be reminded of this morning, when we have that blessed hope, we lose the fear of condemnation. If you're a believer, everybody write it here. If you're a believer here this morning, this is good news for us. And this is opposite of what some of us have been taught in church growing up. Listen, we have no fear of condemnation this morning. If we are in Christ Jesus this morning, we are not going to be condemned. You don't view God, when you, when you get to know Jesus, you don't view God as an angry judge waiting to stomp you. He's become your Abba Father. You understand that's what the gospel does. You've been adopted into the family of God. John 15, 15 says this, Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. This is what he says, but I have called you friends. Aren't you thankful for that this morning? Man, he says that we are friends. You see, many Christians grew up with harsh parents, impersonal parents, hard-to-please parents, unaffectionate parents, and we have a hard time differentiating between condemnation and correction. Yes, we will be corrected by our lovingly Heavenly Father, but no, we will not be condemned. Listen, we will be corrected. Hebrews chapter number 12 explains the difference between earthly parents' correction and a heavenly father's correction. Let me read it to you. Hebrews 12.10. For they verily for a few days chasten us after their own pleasure. But he, this is why he corrects us, <clears throat> for our profit, 
that we might be partakers of His holiness. It's saying that there's times our earthly parents corrected us out of anger and impatience, their own pleasure. That's condemnation. But the time that God corrects us, He does it with one thing in mind. And listen, it's our profit. That's correction. There's a big difference. There are preachers all over the country that preach, if you don't do this and then you do this, God will judge you, put the hurting on you. God will give you a crippling disease to punish you. God may take your child. Can I just say this? John 3.18 says this, He that believeth on God is not condemned. Romans 8, chapter number 1, I love this. Listen, listen, there is now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. So the hope that we have, y'all listen to me, this is awesome, is no fear of condemnation. The second thing that we can rejoice in hope is this morning, we lose our fear of death. If you're a believer this morning, you lose your fear of death. Hebrews 2 verses 14 and 15 says this, For as much then as you are children or partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that hath the power of death, that is the devil, and to deliver them through fear of death, where all of their lifetime subject to bondage. So, listen, as a believer this morning, we, we lose that fear of death. Here's another one. We lose our fear of doubts. Man, believers, we should have a hope. We should not, listen, we shouldn't panic when the Satan tries to get us to doubt. The devil, Satan, is the accuser of the brethren. He'll always try to get you to doubt. But when you have the peace of God, you don't let your doubts drive you to despair. Our salvation is not based on our faithfulness to God. Y'all listen to me, church. It's based on his faithfulness to us. That's what the gospel is. If it was based on our faithfulness, guess what? Every one of us would lose it. And none of us would be okay. It's not based on us. It's based on him. 2 Timothy 2.13 says, If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful. He cannot despite, listen, he cannot deny himself. So the first level, which we can all, re, we can all be there. I mean, we can all rejoice in hope, can't we? I mean, the fact that heaven's our home. I mean, the fact that we can't lose our salvation and he's been gracious to us and it's not based on ours. But here's the second level. And this is where it gets a little bit tougher. This is where it kind of goes from, man, we all like that. We all like the fact that when we get saved, man, we have this blessed hope, and it's always good news, and things are great. But the second level is this, and this is where it gets hard. It's rejoicing and suffering. Man, we can all rejoice in hope. This is where we find out who we really are. This is where when suffering comes in, people tuck tail and run. This is where quitters are determined. That's hard, isn't it? You ever seen two people go through the exact same tragedy, yet one remains faithful? One, uh, one allows it to draw them closer to the Lord, the other pushes God away? What is that? One has learned how to rejoice in suffering. The other man blames God. They've never re reached the spiritual maturity where they embrace the plan that God has for them. You don't believe me? Look at verse number 3. Let's see what the Bible says. And not only so... So we don't, just, we don't just rejoice in that blessed hope. Look at this. This is a tough. Not only so, but we rejoice in glory and tribulations also. Can I just ask you this as we work through this? Can you rejoice in your suffering? Man, that's hard. Man, that's hard. Philippians 1.29 says there's two privileges in the Christian life. Let me read you, this to you. For unto you is given the behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, that blessed hope, but also to suffer for his sake. When someone led you to Christ, we only heard that first part, didn't we? Huh? 
hey, pray this prayer and believe in Jesus and you're going to go to heaven when you die. Sign me up. They forget to tell you that if you really believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you have signed up for a life of suffering. And someone, listen, believing is the precious promises of God that hope, isn't it? Suffering is the painful promises of God. First Peter, it says this, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. <laughs> I hate this verse. Look at the next one. But rejoice inasmuch ye are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. Did you know this this morning? This stinks, but it's just the truth. Sometimes suffering is part of God's perfect will for our lives. Man, that goes against a lot of the preaching of the day, doesn't it? I hear a lot of this. Hey, do right and serve God. You're going to be blessed by the, by the fundamentalist and by the liberal. Do this and God's not going to judge you and he's going to bless you. On the other side, hey, do right. Listen, just love Jesus and you're not going to have any problems. Both are wrong. Suffering is part of the Christian life. Can I just ask you this this morning? Are you able to rejoice in it? 1 Peter 4.19 says this, Wherefore let them that suffer... My voice isn't changing. I'm just losing it. Somebody help me this morning. I'm suffering up here. 1 Peter 4.19 says this, Wherefore let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls unto Him in well-doing as a faithful creator. Listen to me, church. God has a purpose in our sufferings. One of the benefits is that the problems take on new meaning if you're a believer. We can rejoice because we know that something good is going to come from it. It's kind of like this, moms. When you have that baby, it's a painful thing. Man, I remember as Caitlin was being born 19 years ago, man, it was a painful thing for Sarah, but you had to go through the pain in order to have the blessing. Many times in our lives, can I just say this, we have to go through the pain in order to experience the blessing. We can rejoice, listen, knowing that, listen, it says in our text here that this trial and this tribulation is going to produce something in our lives. What does it say? Look at verse 3. Sorry to stick to the text this morning, but let's look at it. Look at it. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh what? Patience. Man, sometimes the tribulations come into our life to teach us something. I don't know about you, but I've needed some, some lessons and patience in my life. Anybody else impatient sometimes? Man, I'm impatient sometimes. I hate red lights. Somebody help me this morning. Man, I hate waiting at a restaurant. You ever let something like that bother you? Man, I, I don't go out to eat on Sundays usually. You know why? Because I hate to wait. Sarah slips out during that second service, so when I get home, guess what? I ain't waiting on food. It's ready. Somebody help me this morning. We hate to wait. You know, sometimes, sometimes God is teaching us something in those moments of waiting. If you're like us, we, we want it now, don't we? We want the blessing now. And I remember as a young man, we want the financial blessing that takes 20 and 30 years to gain sometimes. By the way, our kids, many times if we're not careful, they'll want what we've, we've worked 20 and 30 years for when they're 18 and 19. We better be careful about that, I'm just telling you. Man, patience. Man, it produces something. The trials of life produce something. He says your tribulation... Man, it teaches you patience. Then look at verse number four. And patience, what's the next word? 
experience. So these trials, these testings, these tribulations, man, they, they teach us patience. They teach us experience, experience or character, the pressures and problems that build us. And then I love this in verse 4, and patience, experience, and experience what? Hope. Because when we go through those problems and we have that patience and we have those experiences, what? When we've lived a little while, we see that God's always at work and we know that we don't ever have to lose hope. Because even when it doesn't seem like it, He's at work behind the scenes. In the tribulations, in the pain in your life right now, y'all listen to me, church. God's at work in it right now. That heavy thing that you're carrying in your heart. This morning that you brought in these doors that nobody else knows about. God's at work at it now. And trials, rather than destroying our hope, it's meant to increase our hope. Here's the reason I believe many times we have to go through these things. Because when things are good, and I've seen it in your lives and I've seen it in my lives. When things are good, I don't have to trust Him like I should. Why? Because I got this. Many times that trial is a reminder to me, it's not condemnation, it's correction reminding me that, Jake, if you're going to be the dad that you need to be, you got to depend on me. If you're going to be the husband that you need to be, you got to depend on me. If you're going to be the pastor you're gonna, you need to be, you need to depend on me. When everything's going good, it's almost like, hey, I got this, y'all. It's through those fires, man, that I learned to trust him. Man, it's through the pain that that patience, that experience, and that hope comes. It's called growth this morning. Man, I learned to trust him in the dark times. Now, wouldn't we like to all say that we always trust Him? I'd like to be able to tell you that I always do. But sometimes there's some wrong attitudes that we have towards our tribulations. And I've had them. You know, the first one that I thought of, sometimes when I go through the trial, how about this? Rebellion can happen. When I'm in the dark of the night, if I'm not careful, I can rebel. Rebel against the problem. Maybe say things like this when the problem comes. God's not fair. He's treating me wrong. I don't deserve this. Man, it's a spirit of resentment rebelling against the problem. Listen, it defeats the purpose. Here's another thing we can do. Resignation. We can just throw our hands up. This is the one I see the most in people's lives as a pastor. Times get tough. Oh, my marriage is tough. I'm just going to throw in the towel. I'm going to quit. Church is a little hard. Man, there's some relationships that are strained. I really don't like that little thing. I'm going to just take the easy road out. Man, my kids, my kids aren't listening anymore, so I'm just going to cut them out, you know, and just let them do what they want. I'm just going to resign the fact that I'm a parent. See, people do that. It's not worth the frustration. Man, rebellion can be a response. Resignation, throwing up the white flag and just saying, I don't want this anymore. How about this one? Complaining. If you want a perfect Bible illustration of this, follow the Israelites through 40 years of wandering the wilderness. 1 Corinthians 10.10 says this, Neither murmur ye as some of them murmured. Philippians 2.14, Do all things without murmuring. Man, when God allows things in our life, sometimes we can just whine about it a lot. You ever met just a compulsive whiner? I have. Everything at work's a mess, everything's at church is a mess, and everything's at home a mess. That's a whiner. That's a person that is the problem and thinks everybody else is the problem. And we can respond that way. Rebellion. Resignation, complaining. How about this one? This is one I struggle with sometimes, and I shouldn't. Worry. Man, sometimes we worry ourselves to death when tribulation comes. When that problem comes, man, you ever just get worried about it? Like, man, if I get worried, you know what I want to do? I want to eat. Everything that's in sight. 
Just worry about it. Man, that's how we respond sometimes. Some of us worry ourselves to death when these things come. Worry is like a rocking chair. We use a lot of energy, but we don't make any progress. You understand what I'm saying? They don't do nothing for you. It don't help you. Listen, Philippians 4, 6, I love this. It says this, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. 1 Peter 5, 7, I quoted a lot, cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. I mean, these are some responses we can have. Here's another one I wrote down. Self-pity. This is the one many times that is the most incurable. It's probably the most dangerous because the person who is having the pity party many times is enjoying it. (laughs) We want people to feel sorry for us. Man, you know what our proper response is? is We glory in tribulations or rejoice in the Lord always. I mean, that's the second level is rejoicing and suffering. Can I just ask you this this morning? The suffering that God's allowed in your life, which if you're a believer, he's allowed suffering. And I'm not talking about self-inflicted suffering. If you're an idiot and you're suffering in your relationships, that's your fault, okay? If you're a jerk to people and you have no friends, that's probably, there's probably something, you know, that's not suffering. I'm talking about just those things that you can't control, right? Some people think they're suffering when they're not. I'm just carrying my cross, brother. You ever heard somebody say that? No. A cross is something that you carry in order to help someone else. See, we use that terminology a lot. That self, we like that. I'm just carrying my cross. I must deal with it. There's a difference between a thorn in the flesh and a cross this morning. And that suffering, are you able to rejoice in it this morning? I mean, when God allows terrible things into your life, are you able to rejoice because it's part of his plan? And that's the second second thing that he says here. And by the way, did Paul know something about this? Man, he sure did. Man, he sure did. Man, I want you to think about that, this suffering. When when those problems come, what's your first reaction? If you're like me, "Ah!" man, what what happened? Some of y'all woke up finally. Help me. Nine o'clock service. We're doing good this morning. Many of us, what we do is we over-emotionally react automatically. I'll have people call, Preacher, you can't believe what's happening. Slow down. Breathe. What's going on? I got a hangnail. You know. Most of the issues we overreact, we worry about. Listen, I've learned this. When we sleep on it, I'm not saying all, but most. When we sleep on it, when we pray about it, when we give it to God, they work themselves out. So often what we try to do is manipulate it, change it, take it in our own hands, we try to put ourselves in the place of God instead of allowing God to be God. Hey, that suffering that he's given you, I've used the examples of friends that have gone through suffering. My friend Derek, who's uh, Cyrus, ended up with uh, leukemia, and, and how Derek said, man, this was a gift that God gave us to use for his glory. Man, that's the perspective that I want to have. Man, this first level is rejoicing in hope. It's positive. Level two, rejoice in suffering. It's negative. Level three, and I love this. Look at verse number 11. You got your Bibles open still? And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. Listen, we rejoice in God. Man, we can rejoice in hope. We can rejoice in suffering. But listen, if we only rejoice when the job's going good, then we're not rejoicing in God. Listen, if we're only rejoicing when God, uh, when our finances are up, then we're not rejoicing in God. What are we rejoicing in? 
Somebody better help me this morning. I know, listen, I can start preaching all that stuff going on out there. Listen, we rejoice. We need to rejoice in God. How about this? When our health is great. But what about when it's not? When circumstances are positive. But what about when they're not? When the vehicle is running well. You ever broke down on the side of the road? What about when it's not? When people love you and cheer for you, that's what I have to deal with. Then when people won't even look at you sometimes, do you rejoice? When friends betray you and walk out on you, I've had it happen. When the, when the people you love the most, how about this, hurt you the most? Are you able to rejoice? That's hard. When family betrays you, you ever had some family betray you? Man, how do you respond? Listen, we need to realize God is good when the things I... Listen, God is good even when it seems like it's not going well. Rejoice not just in the good, but also rejoice in your sufferings. And only then will we be able to rejoice in God. I want you to think about this last person this morning, Job. You ever read the book of Job? Anybody read the book of Job before? Like the first five chapters are awesome. It gets really boring after that, okay? Book of Job. Remember what Job went through? My man went through a lot of stuff. Job 121, let me read this to you. He said this, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. This is a powerful statement that he says after what he's been through. The Lord gave, and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now that sings real good, but in real life, that's tough, man. When the Lord gave me my 7,000 sheep, you know what Job said? I blessed his name. <laughs> when the Lord allowed my 7,000 sheep to be taken, guess what he said? I'm still going to bless his name. When God gave him those 3,000 camels, guess what he said? I'm going to bless his name. But when God took away those 3,000 camels or allowed them to be taken away, guess what Job still said? Blessed be the name of the Lord. Those 500 yoke of oxen, guess who gave them to him? God. Guess what Job said when he was given to him? Blessed be the name of the Lord. Guess what he said when those 500 were taken away? Blessed be the name of the Lord. Seven sons. Y'all ever think about this? This ain't a fairy tale. Seven sons were given to him. I mean, I can imagine the joy as a father. So those babies were born. Then what happened to all seven of them? Imagine Job at the hospital for each birth. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And I wonder, as he stood by that casket, if he were alive today, with that baby that he had raised, guess what he said? Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hey, what about those three daughters that he had? Man, I, I, I bet they threw a party, man, when the babies were born. Man, could you imagine? I don't know if they had gender reveal parties back then. I'm sure there was some joy as those babies were brought in this world. But what about when that servant came to him and said, Hey, Job, your daughters are dead. You know what he said? Blessed be the name of the Lord. All I'm trying to tell you this morning from this text is even when it's good, God's good. Even when it's bad, God's good. Hey, when, it's, when it seems like nothing's right, God's good. Hey, when it seems like nothing's going well, 
God's good. Hey, when there's problems and there's tears and there's pain and there's heartache and make no mistake, all of us have them. All of us have problems. All of us have issues. Listen, all of us go through stuff. If you're here this morning, I just want to remind you that there's not a person that lives that's saved by the grace of God that doesn't face temptation, that doesn't have sin, that doesn't have disappointment, that doesn't have hurt and heartbreak and heartache. But through all of it, Oh, I want to be counted as one that said, bless the name of the Lord on the good days and on the bad days. On the mountaintops and in the valleys. In the labor and delivery room. And oh my goodness, and at the funeral. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And I just want to encourage you this morning. Rejoice the life that God has given you. Embrace it for His glory. Point people to Him through your testimony. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, let's stand to our feet. Matt's going to sing this morning. Altar's open if you need a place to pray. There'll be some counselors down here that can pray with you or talk to you after the service as Matt sings this morning. Life is easy.